This episode of Locked on Kraken is brought to you by our national show, Locked on NHL. We know you need more hockey news, and Locked on NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the National Hockey League. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps of each day. Subscribe to Locked on NHL today, wherever you get podcasts. We haven't played a game yet, but the word is already out that we've got some you know, crazy passionate fans, and uh, we can't wait to start playing hockey in front of them. You are locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, hey, what do you say, Seattle Kraken fans? Eric Lindsay Ayala, your host of Locked On Kraken for the Locked On Podcast Network. I hope you had a fantastic weekend. I certainly am excited to talk all things Seattle Kraken. And it's going to be a really important week. This week is the, is the last full week before we get very close to the 2021 expansion draft, which of course, I'm sure you know by now, will be on July 21st. I'm going to give you all those details as it's coming up, but as promised last week, this week we're going to focus on projected lists for each of the NHL teams participating or who are subject to participate in the expansion draft. If you missed it last week, um, I talked about the expansion draft. What are the rules that the Seattle Kraken will be following? They're following the same rules that the that the Las Vegas Golden Knights were subject to when they expanded. And um, the only team, though, that is not subject to um, lose anyone in the expansion draft are the Golden Knights themselves. Um, and as a consequence, they won't get any of that money uh, that Seattle just paid uh, toward their cap. Anyway, uh, again, went over that last week. I'll leave a, a the link in the description if you want to head back to that. For this week, I am going to be talking to some locked-on experts from the Islanders, from the Panthers, so Gil and Armando. We're going to do some squad casting this week. That's coming up later. But I've spoken to you a few times. If you are listening to the show, longtime listener, and by long time, anyone that's been listening every day for the last week, you are considered an OG. Congratulations and thank you. Thank you for joining this journey of Locked on Kraken. But if you are an OG, longtime listener, then you know I have talked multiple times about cheap seats sport, cheap seat sports, Brendan, Scott Brendan. And I mentioned to you that I interviewed Scott Brendan, and today is the day when you get to hear my conversation with Scott. I'm going to leave in the description some links to Scott's work. He has gone team by team to create a protected list and who he thinks will be selected by the Seattle Kraken in the expansion draft. He's been doing this for months, and it's a massive undertaking. I get heart palpitations just asking, being asked to go over one team to do 30 teams is just amazing work. I'm a huge fan of Scott's, so I had I knew I had to have him on the podcast. So you're going to hear that interview today. And then for the rest of the week, I'll be talking again to Locked On experts and other experts. I have Marissa and Jemmy, Armando from Locked On Panthers, Gil from Locked On Isles. We're going to have a, a great time really breaking this down 
hearing what everyone else is thinking about that. And of course, if there's any breaking cracking news, I will have it for you right here. But let's get into the first part of my conversation with Scott Brendan of Cheap Seats Sports. It is a YouTube channel must watch if you want to know all about the NHL expansion draft. All right, welcome hockey fans to another episode of Locked on Kraken. I am your host, Erica Lindsay Ayala, and I am excited today to be joined by Scott Brendan of Cheap Seed Sports. Scott, when I knew I was going to be doing a Seattle Kraken podcast, you were one of the first people that I knew I had to sit down and interview. I love watching your videos. You have done an entire ex expansion draft simulation, a mock draft, and so many other things. Um, so thank you so much for being one of our first few guests here on Locked on Kraken. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for having me. It's exciting to see all the, the Kraken stuff get built out. Um, now, there's all sorts of people doing stuff and it's, it's exciting exciting time for Seattle fans and hockey fans especially in Seattle so yeah thanks yes. for having me on oh absolutely for sure we we definitely had to have you on and you are a local to the Seattle and Washington area so uh we we definitely want to get into that but it's something that I'm doing here with Locked on Kraken and it's first before we get into anything else since this is a hockey podcast Scott when did you first fall in love with hockey? Oh man, hockey and I have had a—I wouldn't say love hate by any means because there's never been hate for hockey. Like I've—I've I've always liked hockey. Um, I didn't really grow up with it. It's kind of—I mean, growing up in Seattle, it's been uh, not in the forefront of sports really here. Obviously, we have the Thunderbirds and the the Silver Tips for the WHL, um, and we've had—we have a history of hockey. Just the NHL's never made its way made its way here. So I mean, I went to some. Thunderbirds games growing up but not a ton um, I really started to get into hockey more than just kind of casually actually the 2010 Olympics I ended up going to up to Vancouver and seeing a couple of those games live which was pretty crazy and just like the the hockey atmosphere is pretty unique being in that arena it really gets really gets going even for just uh like I think there's group game like group game olympic games for countries that were both in europe so it was like the fans I'm, i don't know how many of them were even diehards of the teams it was still <laughs> still rocking so i was like oh this is pretty fun and right after that obviously at the time the canucks are the closest thing that seattle had to an nhl team um so that was right before the canucks kind of got on their run and the next year we're in the stanley cup finals which obviously didn't go their way <laughs> against the bruins but um that that kind of that was really the catalyst of starting to really really get into it and love it um ended up kind of becoming more of an avalanche fan over the years which has you know until recently not been amazing <laughs> um but <laughs> yeah it it's kind of had ups and downs but then especially once things started getting rolling with there's a chance that um, an arena was going to get built in Seattle. And that means um, we'd known for a while that the NHL wanted to come to Seattle. So it was, the excitement was there kind of starting in 2015, 16. And then 17, it sounded like pretty close to a for sure thing was going to happen. And obviously 2018, we heard that we were getting the team. And ever since then, it's been as much hockey as I can get. So I'm just, it's exciting to have uh, another team in the city for sure. Um, another pro team in the city. So yeah, it's been... Uh, a lot, a lot of the last few years, really diehard and kind of um, 
a love for the sport, but kind of a love from a distance, kind of a long-term relationship, if you will, <laughs> leading up to that over the leading up to the last couple of years. But gotcha. So now you can you can lock it down. You know, put a ring That's on right. it, make it official. Hopefully, put a ring on it. <laughs> <laughs> that, I would. Hey, they didn't make rings back when Seattle got its first Stanley Cup. I don't think so. That's <laughs> Be nice right. to get the first one of those. <laughs> yes, the Seattle Metropolitans, and as a part of your YouTube channel, you have done some uh, videos on that. And I think the history of the Seattle Metropolitans is just fascinating. And uh, Kevin Tyson is going to join us on Locked on Cracking. Right. So I'm, I'm really excited for that. Yeah. But uh, definitely want to plug your videos as well, because uh, they're great. Um, but let's get back to now. So Scott, you, you talked about, um, you know, love, hate, or, you know, it's been a winding road. And now you can come winding back to Seattle. Away, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been a winding road of fandom in hockey. But you obviously, as we can see from your backdrop, you're obviously <laughs> yeah. a, a sports fan. So yep. tell me a little bit about that. And Seattle is not a bad place to be if you're a sports fan. <laughs> We definitely have we definitely have a good number of sports. Um, yeah, I, you know, again, born and raised in Seattle, so I've been kind of Seattle sports fan first, and that's been a lot of a lot of Mariners and Seahawks for the most part. Um, for whatever reason, I've always kind of gravitated to the four like big North American sports leagues. But obviously, Seattle has the Sounders recently, of as the MLS has become bigger and more prominent, and Seattle is one of the I think premier cities for the MLS, certainly one of the biggest fan bases and obviously the storm for the WNBA have been incredible the last few years. Um, so yeah, we've had some success certainly recently, um, not as much from the Mariners, but that's kind of, you know, that's kind of where I, where I started growing up and grow, growing up in the nineties in Seattle, it was all Mariners all the time. Um, the Sonics were good at the time, but I didn't really grow up around basketball that much. I didn't really start to like basketball until I left for college, which was unfortunately just after the Sonics left as well. So, um, yeah, it started with the Mariners. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. was my hero growing up. So that was, you know, Griffey, Edgar, A-Rod while he was here. Um, Mid-90s, late-90s Mariners were were the, the big thing in Seattle and definitely kind of what got me started with the love for sports. And then kind of early 2000s, even with Ichiro starting up here, it was everything kind of switched to the Seahawks. Um, with Mike Holmgren, Matt Hasselbeck, that that era, and then obviously leading into the current era with Russell Wilson and Legion of Boom a few years back and all that. Um, it's it's I feel like it's always been a city that's had at least from the the big or the the big four leagues we've had one team that's pretty prominent at a time, and then another team that's kind of not as as great, but everyone you you still love them, but you're kind of like oh well maybe next year, and that was. I was kind of the Seahawks in the the nineties when the Mariners were good. And then, like I said, things kind of switched and we're going on two decades of the Mariners uh, being free of the playoffs. So, you know, I see what like Sabres fans have gone through over the last decade. And I'm like, well, I can relate <laughs> to an extent. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I was like, uh, I'm sure the Sabres fans are going to love that comment. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Monday, folks. Again, I hope that you're having a, a great a great start to the week. It was a little bit of a tough transition for me. Um, wasn't feeling at my best this weekend, but you know what? It's days like this. It's Mondays like this, and I am so thankful 
that Built Bar is in my corner. Did you know that Built Bar has so many amazing, delicious flavors, and there's literally something for everyone from salted caramel to strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and my personal favorite, double chocolate. Um, and these are protein bars that are great tasting and they're healthy for you as well. 17 to 18 grams of protein per bar, calories ranging anywhere from 130 to 180 calories per bar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. So we want you to know that it's not just me that's fueling up with Built Bar, but also the United States track and field team. Like how cool is that? The actual Olympic team, we hope we get to see an exciting games in Tokyo. It's been a long time coming, getting there. And the U.S. track and field team is loading up on Built Bar. So if you, just like me, and of course the U.S. track team, if you need a boost to get you through your day, make sure that you grab some Built Bars. You can try any of the flavors that I mentioned. There's also limited time flavors. Did you hop on and get some Grasshopper Cookie? Did you get some of those? They're actually really good. They're like a uh, thin mint cookie. That's usually not my vibe, but these were pretty good. I'm glad I got some of that limited time. You can either pick your favorite flavor or you can get a variety pack, which sometimes includes the limited edition flavors as well. But to do that, you're going to go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15. And that's how you can get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. But uh, let's get into your YouTube series, specifically as it pertains to uh, the Seattle Kraken. So I know that you've done uh, videos on your channel before, but I want to talk specifically about the expansion draft that you've been able to do. So you've been going team by team and predicting what each NHL team, uh, who they will potentially protect, thus who would be available for the Seattle Kraken. So when did this idea come into play? Like, uh, why did you decide to do all that? It sounds like a lot of work. (laughs) It, it it ended up being more work than I thought it was going to be originally. So I, like you said, I'd done some some videos kind of doing other stuff before um, that series started, where I started up in January. And yeah, I kind of, like I knew I wanted to do a mock expansion draft um, eventually, just because I've been you know pumped for the Kraken for years um, ever since they got announced, really even the year before that. Uh, and I. Honestly, a lot of it was I just kind of wanted to learn it for myself. I could, I wanted to kind of go as depth as I could into each team as just research for doing a mock draft. And then in doing that, I kind of found that there wasn't a lot of people, at least at that point back in January, that had talked about team by team, at least on YouTube anyway, uh, which is where you know my focus was not necessarily from research, but as far as content. Um There hadn't been a lot of like really anybody other than the hockey guy that had gone team by team and looked at that kind of stuff yet. So I wanted to I wanted to do it for the research purposes to do the mock draft. And then I was like, you know what? No one else has done it. I might as well might as well take a crack at it. And uh, yeah, the first one I did, I want to say the first one was the Anaheim Ducks. And I I was like, all right, well, I'll start with them and did a bunch of research and then was editing the video and 
kind of started to get towards the end of editing that video and realized, oh no, I have spent a lot of time on this video and I now have 29 more teams to do of this. Um, and it's, yeah, it, it was largely learning for my, it was originally learning for myself as well as like, there wasn't a lot else. And I figured, you know, some people will watch it, um, who knows how, how, how it'll go, but, um, you know, kind of started, yeah, like I said, mostly for myself and, Kind of took off from there and definitely learned a lot along the way. Yeah, for sure. What what do you feel has been the overall uh, reception of that? You put in all of this work and, uh, you know, are you are you getting all the comments of like, how could you do this to me? <laughs> yeah, uh, there's definitely been some. I'd say overall it's it's been it's been received well. Obviously, anything sports opinion based, you're going to get people that clearly know better than you. <laughs> the, uh, you know, people that just can predict the future or maybe even they know the future and just will <laughs> let you know about it. Um, yeah, those folks. <laughs> yeah. Most, like I said, mostly been good. There's some, some fan bases that maybe it's just cause I did do a better job on those videos that have received it really well. And other ones, not so much. Uh, I think the Islanders one recently, that one, that was more because of, <laughs> I said, they played a little bit of a defensive, boring play style, which, uh, you know, if you're not, if you can't appreciate what they're doing, it I think it still is, but they you know their fans didn't appreciate that. Um, I know like the Leafs one I did and the Oilers one, which was an earlier on one, but neither of those have aged <laughs> particularly well. Um, but for the most part, it, it it has I think been received well, and I'm pretty I think overall it's aged pretty well um, outside of a couple of picks that I um, for protection that I changed most of the picks I feel good about, but the protection lists kind of have definitely changed since especially January when I started the Pacific division. So um, yeah, it's been, uh, I think overall, I think it went better than I probably would have expected it to back in January. <laughs> so let, let me ask you this hypothetical, Scott, if let's just say Oregon, just to keep it close to you, <laughs> Oregon, it, it gets announced and they, expedite the process and they get an NHL team and they'll start next season. Would you do this all over again for another oh, team? Boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was fun. So I, I would, I would, I would think about it. I've, there's, there's some talk about uh, the NBA coming back to Seattle that NBA for a long time has been saying, no, we're not doing expansion. No, we're not doing expansion. Then COVID hits. And now suddenly a couple billion dollars from expansion teams sounds nice sounds to them. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there's been some talk about them expanding and Seattle is obviously the first place they would come back to. Um, so I've, I've thought about like, all right, if that, would I go through this whole process again um, for that as is Seattle centric and uh, it would be like, if it were Portland for an NHL team, it would be easier because I now have, there's a lot more knowledge built up. <laughs> right. um, I'd probably, I probably would like, I, it's so much work, but I, I probably would do it again. It, it, it was definitely relieving getting that final one done when I finished the hurricanes <laughs> video. It was like, Oh, thank yeah. goodness. But, uh, <laughs> give it a few months and I give it a few months, a couple of years, I'd probably do it again. And certainly now that I'm, you know, if, I don't think the NHL is going past 32 teams anytime soon, but if it were to happen, I would happily at least do an episode on who the Kraken would protect and lose. In that <laughs> Fair scenario. enough. All right. Well, something to look forward to. Again, I've really enjoyed this series. That's how I was able to come 
by you on, yeah. on social media yeah. and, and on YouTube. So I think you're doing great. You're doing great, Scott. Excellent. <laughs> I appreciate right. it. Cool. There we go. It was there. I had to take it. <laughs> but, Good to know um, at least someone does. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's great. It's great. And so there's been a handful of other topics, though, that you've also talked about um, outside of the expansion series. You have the What's Kraken series where you kind of do things that are happening with the Seattle Kraken. It's perfect, yeah, it's... perfect name. It works well. <laughs> yeah. um, and so one of those things obviously is uh, coaching. And so I know that you've done an update on that so far, but what, yeah. <laughs> wh- what are you feeling as far as the coaching journey for the Seattle Kraken right now? Oh, that has been another winding road of a journey over the last year. And <laughs> yeah, like you said, it's so I the the recent update, I think it was the third kind of big update I did. I did one back in November, and then I think March was probably the last one I did. And then recently, and I was feeling good about it because we just heard Gerard Gallant got hired by the Rangers, and I was like, oh, thank goodness! I was about to do I was about to do an episode about this. I'm so glad that happened right before I did it, so now I can like come at it with a fresh like you know day day after Gallant gets hired. Like this is up-to-date news and then immediately next day Brenda Moore signs in Carolina which was at the time that seemed like uh one of the things that the Kraken had been waiting for um for a long time Gallant was my personal favorite um just because you know it's the easy pick with him having been the Golden Knights coach in their first year and taking an expansion team with the same rules the Kraken are going to have to the Stanley Cup finals it seemed like you know he's he's got about as much experience as you could possibly want and as relevant experience as you could possibly want so that was kind of the guy i was looking at and kind of thinking all right you know they're not going to sign anybody until march or probably april with um the season being delayed the way it was um and then you know april rolls around may rolls around still pretty much radio silence from the cracking it's like all right it's starting to get a little late now yeah and then we heard bit. a bunch of stuff about brindamore and like him taking forever to sign that extension it's like okay are they waiting for brindamore to sign because that is kind of seemed like and that's what i talked about in that update video is that it seemed like they were just waiting to see if there's a chance they would have it brindamore and i was nervous they would lose gallant waiting for brindamore and who knows if that's what actually happened or if they never really were that seriously thinking about gallant in the first place but yeah now we're uh now it looks like we're in a whole new spot without either of those guys on the table um and right. recently we've got even more news with it sounds like rick Tockett's probably the the guy that they're looking at or um oh shoot who's the other one that is rick Tockett and wisconsin head coach i'm spacing on the name oh, of right now um... Uh, oh gosh uh he's a, is a granado yeah yeah tony Gr- yeah granado, so i was yep. like so, he's, he's related to a women's hockey player that I, that's how oh, i make my I hockey connection nice <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that. Yeah. yeah i mean he's had some experience um coaching before with the the avalanche but it's been a while so um mm-hmm. and talk it i think talk it seems like the favorite right now he's the one that we know has had a third a third talk with the kraken which is usually a good sign when you get three interviews mm-hmm. um and he has more recent NHL experience with the uh, Coyotes, which, you know, is an interesting situation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> coming for from sure. the Coyotes. So. Yeah. Obviously, if you're listening to this now, you know that we already have a head coach for the Seattle Kraken and a few assistants as well. If you want to hear more about my reactions about Dave Haxtell being tapped as the first head coach 
For the Seattle Kraken, listen to episode one, where I include some audio from his press conference. Coming up next, Scott and I are going to talk about the expansion draft and a little bit more of his work and how you can find him on the social meets. You know, that's short for social media. All the people are saying it because it's so fetch. That's coming up next on Locked on Kraken. Remember, folks, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and at least for now, we still have the NBA Finals. So Bet Online is where you can find all the odds and information for all your sporting needs, including, of course, Major League Baseball, the National Basketball Association, and the National Hockey League, along with UFC and MMA action. Hello! Before the next pitch or the next match, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information available. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the championship. It's all about the ship, folks. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50%, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And I mean, like you said, though, we, we saw what the Golden Knights have done. And, and and I know you've talked about this in your series. It's a it's a storyline that Seattle is not going to shake, likely not going to shake anytime yeah. soon. But it's that recency bias and that comparison to the Golden Knights. Do yeah. you think that that comparison, one, that, that it stands, that it stands to reason why there's so much comparison? And I wonder if, uh, thinking secondly, if you think now that the Golden Knights, at the time that we're recording at least, are still in the playoffs, does that make it even more, uh, I guess, it, does it ramp up that, that comparison a little bit more, Scott? Well, the comparison's going to be there, obviously. Um, it's, it's pretty much the same exact rules for the expansion draft, so that's from a from a face value, it seems like you know Vegas did it with the same rules. Why can't Seattle do the same thing? Um, and for because of that face value, it's that's going to be the the, the comparison is going to be there. Um, I don't like honestly. It seems like the two drafts are. It's like saying that twins are the same person. Like <laughs> it on the face, yeah, they like they look the same, but it's not like I. <laughs> They're outside of that. I really don't think that this draft is going to look very similar to the Golden Knights at all. Um, there's obviously stuff Seattle can learn from them. Um, the Golden Knights, when they drafted, I mean, they built their team a lot through and the success that they've had a lot through the trades that they made during that draft. And that's kind of one of the big things that even before COVID was kind of talked about is, you know, Seattle is going to come in with the same rules, but they're probably not going to come out with the same team because. GMs are going to have three years to have learned from that, four years to have learned from that and right. not make the same mistakes. Um, but I, I think Seattle has a chance to be pretty competitive out of the gate for almost because of COVID and everything that's yeah. happened since. Um, I think the trades, I if nothing had happened without you know the pandemic affecting things the way they have over the last few years, I think Seattle probably would have been a little bit more uphill sledding. Um, and those trades probably would have been a little bit more off the table. Teams would have been more willing to just say, take the guy you're going to take. We'll just, you know, we'll move on from losing one player. But now teams are faced with a third year of a flat salary cap and 
the likelihood of that continuing on. And there, there's there's a lot of teams struggling for struggling for uh, for cap space, and a lot of them are the good teams that stand to lose good players otherwise. So mm. some of those trades are definitely going to be there. There's also situations like Buffalo that have uh, contracts like Skinner specifically, and uh, I think Olafson is the other one that. Uh, I think that's the other one, but yeah, a couple of big contracts there that don't look great, and they've got young players that Seattle would love to get their hands on if they have a chance that have said that they want to get out. So it's worth at least you know kicking the tires and seeing, you know, maybe Eichel's not super realistic, but um, a couple of other guys, younger guys there that you know maybe you take on a Skinner contract or something like that or part of it and get some young players. So trades, I think trades will will be there, but I think. Seattle probably and Vegas kind of did this to an extent of staying closer to the minimum in their cell mm. and their um their draft. Um and I think that's probably gonna be where Seattle aims too, because this is gonna be again with teams, you know, signing contracts to be prepared for the Seattle expansion draft. This is gonna be a big year for free agency. There's yeah. a lot of lot of lot of UFAs coming up this year. And if they can stay close to the minimum through the expansion draft, then they're going to come in with one of the biggest, you know, one of the most room to make moves in free agency. And I think that's probably where they'll, they'll make the damage, which is something Vegas didn't really do a lot of. They signed a handful of, of UFAs in free agency, but it was mostly veteran minimums and none of them really contributed a ton, at least in their first year. Um, Mm. So I think, I think that's, that might be the biggest difference is what Seattle can do in free agency after the expansion draft more than, building as much through trades um and it'll it'll be interesting to see what what their strategy is with draft picks i think they can compete right away and i think if you especially coming into a new market if you have the opportunity to be able to be a competitive team right away you should probably take advantage of it Um, but whether or not they go young and try and get a bunch of picks and then free agency maybe get a couple of guys like jvr through the expansion draft but mostly build through free agency as far as their veterans and trying to sneak in as like a wild card team or and build for the future or if they try to go all in on year one it'll be interesting to see what they do um especially with draft picks yeah Um, i think i'm excited to see what that balance is going to be i do think it's going to be a little bit more of a balance i like what you said about likely trying to stay at that min so then they can maximize some contracts that they really want with uh with some free agents i think that's super smart but there's another thing scott like okay we get to the expansion draft and then it's a quick turnaround i do not feel sorry or i do not uh wish (laughs) to be ron francis and company as that's going to be quite the grind of a week. Uh, they turn around just a few days later, and then they have to pick the, their their future stars. And yep. uh, as of right now, because of the lottery, they are they get the number two pick. So, one, do you think Seattle stays at number two? And uh, regardless of where you think they'll pick, who do you like in this entry draft and this amateur draft? For the Seattle Kraken, given the fact that we only know Luke, right? We only have one player that we only, even know only, exists. <laughs> He's been the best player in franchise history for going on a month now. So I'm saying, I don't know if that record's going to be beat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be, uh, yeah, staying at number two. That's, I think, kind of the big question right now. Uh, if they do stay at number two, it it seems like the favorite is Matty Beniers. Um the another this is a michigan draft so it seems like they're gonna 
probably get one of those guys. And it seems like seems like if Owen Powers off the board, which I would assume he would be, Buffalo is a bit of a wild card, so you never can be, <laughs> never can know for sure. But um, assuming Powers off the board, if he's not, I think the Kraken probably go for him. Ron Francis showed in Carolina in his time as a GM there that he likes going for defense. Um, but I think especially because with the expansion draft, they should be able to build pretty well on the defensive end that way. They're set up much better there than on the forward end that he should be able to come in, especially with Beniers being as look, looks like as good of a all around forward prospect, obviously the comparison comparisons to Bergeron, which, you know, you don't want to tell a 18 year old kid, Hey, we're expecting to be Bergeron down the road, (laughs) but, um, yeah, an all-around center or an all-around forward like him was, I think, a lot more what they're going to need than a defenseman. Um, so it seems like Beniers will be the trade. But yeah, the question is whether or not they stay at two. And that that will be interesting to see. Because if they can... Like in Vegas's expansion draft, they did a lot more adding picks than giving them away. They really they leveraged a few picks to get in exchange to end up getting other picks. Um, and mostly in those scenarios, they moved up rather than moving down. So, you know, I, I don't know how likely it is that Seattle moves a ton of picks, but if they can use it to, especially again, to, to go back to Buffalo, if they can use, leverage a team like that to, you know, say, Hey, you know, we like, if you're willing to, if you're already going to be looking, getting rid of a contract, maybe use that number two pick, um, that way, but they still do have an, uh, a farm system that they have to fully build out from scratch as well as an NHL team. So I think as, as tempting as it is to think about them moving that second pick, I, it probably is more likely that hang on, they hang on to it. Um, the question would be maybe that they would move it if they do pick up picks during, during the expansion draft, like say they pick up a couple first rounders more towards the middle of the first round, then maybe they're more tempted to move that second overall. But they probably it's probably in their best interest to hang on to it. Um, even though as as a Seahawks fan, I've seen my fair share of moving out of the first round. So I'm accustomed <laughs> to not watching draft day and expecting to be terribly entertained when it comes to my own team. But um yeah, it's probably hang on to it and probably Maddie Beniers is would be my guess right now, which is not going out there too much. It's seems like the, the talk of the town, but <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> Yeah, everyone seems to be in lockstep there with Maddie Beniers. I agree with you regarding Owen Power. Uh, We actually did a a mock draft for the Locked On Network, and Power was still on the board, but I still went with Beniers because I like what you said about him being a pretty solid overall forward. And I think, again, we don't know who the heck is going to be on the team. I think you're right. They probably can pick up some defenders through the expansion draft and the upside for Beniers seems to be pretty good. I, I don't know why you wouldn't just use someone like that who you can essentially plug and play. He can, he can run with a lot of different skill sets. And I think that's what yeah. I like most about Maddie Beniers. I will say William Eklund was, I was tempted. Eklund actually, yeah, that was another one of my favorite, like there's, I know there's some other guys that people have talked about as well, but I think Eklund was kind of, that was the sneaky one that kind of a lot of people had more towards the like top, later on in the top 10 kind of a pick or like six, seven, eight, but he, he's probably the, would be my next, like if Beniers were to go number one, which it sounds like is a possibility and they 
do want to lean more towards the forward end, Eklund would probably be the, the next guy I would have gone with as well. Yeah, I think for me, the only I think uh, what I like about his game, and I think especially this being an expansion team, you want to be able to excite fans. And it seems like he has an exciting game and, uh, you know, nice and sexy game on the ice. Who doesn't like <laughs> that? Um, and and probably has a really nice upside. Though the scout is that he might not play center. And again, going back to what we know about Ron Francis, and he's talked about this in media, he wants to fill up right up the middle. So I'm not yeah. sure that a pick that potentially could end up being a winger in at the NHL level is necessarily what he would want to do, assuming that it's still the number two pick. Yeah, and that's going to be the that's going to be the the weak point going through the expansion draft as well and obviously again the wild card is free agency and what they can get there um but the especially like looking through the expansion draft the and it i knew going in just from you know having done some research it was going to be the case but it forwards are going to be tough especially that <laughs> that top line i mean even even vegas coming out of their draft that was he looked at their top six and thought well, i don't know where the points are going to come from <laughs> um and you know, Vegas benefited from guys like William Carlson having an absolute career year in the first season. Um, and Flurry coming out of nowhere is obviously in goal, but the, you know, so Seattle's going to have to get some of that, but it's yeah. centers the position that looks light. And that's, you know, a, a good point that if, yeah, if Eklund doesn't look like he's going to be an NHL center or if Seattle through their scouting staff, especially doesn't think that they would be able to develop him into a center, whether or not, he currently is set up to be that way then yeah maybe you maybe you hope for uh hope for veneers to still be there or you go go somewhere else and and try and get a center for the future but yeah you know the one like you said the thing Eklund probably has going for him is that exciting like offensive game which is another thing Seattle's not going to get a lot of in the expansion draft so (laughs) it's a lot of a lot of defense defensive forwards that aren't necessarily points producers at this point in their career but Um, yeah, that's, it'll be interesting to see where they go there. Well, if we're either going to be right or wrong together. So (laughs) (laughs) that's right. right. All right. Well, Scott, I really enjoyed this conversation. I would love to have you back on locked on Kraken. We have so much to fill as this is a new (laughs) podcast for a new team. Uh, But before I let you go, another thing that has been billed really high when it comes to the Seattle team is a lot of the things that they've been able to do staff-wise and even in the community, obviously off the ice because they have yet to play a game. Um, I wonder if how you think that will fit into the expectations that people even outside of Seattle will have on the Kraken once they eventually do get to play games, which is looking like uh, probably October. Yeah, it's it's been really incre- like everything I think so far that this franchise, well, I say everything, almost everything this franchise has done so far has been really really encouraging. There's a couple of things I had my take on uh their choice of a TV partner, but um, <laughs> yes. outside of and that looks like it might come around we might get streaming, but outside of that, yeah, as far as their hirings that they've made has looked really good. I personally am a huge fan as people who watched the expansion series might know of a statistical approach um, to things, which the Kraken are looks like very, very well set up to have one of the best, if not the best stats department, as far as scouting is concerned in the league. So um, they're very set up well there Uh, community. They've been great about 
giving the community as much as they can so far. And we're still waiting to see what they're going to do as far as live expansion draft. Um, that's kind of one thing that I'm waiting on to see whether or not I'm going to go to a live event or if I'm going to do a stream. Um, and then, is, <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, the other, the other thing as well, that's been, you know, super encouraging as well as the diversity hires that they've been able to do and bringing, bringing that into the game, which is kind of the one big thing that hockey's looked at is like, this is very, it's a very white sport and it's, we, you know, want to get, get that moving along and, um, Seattle's done, you know, whether it's the, their more face of the franchise hires so far when it comes to like their TV and radio personalities, um, having just signed on their, their color guy, which I'm spacing on the name of, but yeah, JT um, Brown, is JT joining. Brown. Yep. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> JT Brown, just signing on JT Brown, um, to be their color guy. And, um, yeah, that's, it, it's encouraging there as well. And obviously that's not something that's going to fix itself right away. As far as you can't go and grab, like just bring up people to the NHL level that aren't ready to, but um, even their involvement in the community, as far as being involved with the black girl hockey club and um, pushing diversity um, in youth hockey, I think is that that's where you have to, you know, really grow that. And they've done a, a really good job of supporting that. And it's, awesome to see it's very a very seattle seattle thing to be forward and um socially conscious in that way so it's it's good to see that they're falling in line with kind of what the majority of seattle um is kind of known for as well in that way yeah for sure i think it definitely fits the pace of the community although i'm not in seattle i have lots of good friends in seattle i visit Well, up until recently, I visit every year. So uh, now I've got even more reason to there come out <laughs> and visit. So, Scott, I know you'll be heading to the games at now Climate Pledge Arena. Yep, so that'll right. be exciting. Um, maybe in the future, we'll catch a game together. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I look forward <laughs> yes. to that for sure. Well, again, Scott, Brendan, thank you so much for joining Locked on Kraken. If you want to follow Scott, head over to Cheap Seats, Cheap Seats Sports, excuse me, over on YouTube. I'll make sure to have all the links. But Scott, any other closing words on the Seattle Kraken and maybe some other places folks can find you? Yeah, I mean, this the I nobody should be expecting uh Stanley Cup finals in the first year, but I think this team has a chance to be good out of the gate. And that's it's definitely exciting. Seattle's waited a long time for the NHL. Um, over the decades, have had a couple of sniffs at it, and the history is there with hockey. So we're ready for it, and I think uh, there's a good chance that it it could start off well. Maybe not quite as well, but you know, Vegas has been to what three three conference finals now in four years. So we're you know got a, a tall order to to a good act to follow. But um, this this could be a good team out of the gate. So definitely excited. Um, yeah, like you, like you said, you can find me Cheap Seat Sports on YouTube is the main place. I'm at Scott Brendan, spelled the same way as my name on Twitter, and then Cheap Seats on both Instagram and Facebook as well, though I am mostly Twitter and, and YouTube. So, um, yeah. Well, everyone, definitely make sure if you are a true diehard Seattle Kraken fan that you are following Scott, we're going to have to have you back on the show. And sure. I hear what you're saying about expectations, but I'll just put this out there as someone who covers the WNBA, they're going to be sharing an arena with the Seattle storm. So maybe some of that juju will rub off. Hey, maybe. And that, that arena is <laughs> going to be loud one way or another. And this team, Indeed. Uh, Especially the first year, they could be the worst team in the league, which I wouldn't expect. But that the stadium's going to be, that arena's going to be rocking regardless for the first first couple of years at least. Well, we are looking forward to it. Scott, again, thanks so much for joining us on Locked on Crack. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
Again, I want to thank you for joining me for another episode of Locked on Kraken. I'm having so much fun doing this show. This is already the start of week two, and it's going strong. Did our first green room last week. We're going to do another one this week, so make sure you're following at Locked on Kraken on social media, that's Instagram and Twitter, and you can also follow me, your host, Erica Lindsay Ayala, at elindsay08, that's E-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, so you can find out when we are going live on Green Room later this week. Until tomorrow, Erica Lindsay Ayala, your host of Locked on Kraken, signing out. Later days! Today on Locked On Today podcast, can Gianna save the Bucks in the NBA Finals? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts.